Chapter Forty of Dread: A Tale of the Great Dismal Swamp by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Forty: The Flight into Egypt. The once neat and happy cottage of which old Tiff was the guardian genius soon experienced sad reverses polly skinflint's violent and domineering temper made her absent from her father's establishment rather a matter of congratulation to abijah her mother one of those listless and inefficient women whose lives flow in a calm muddy current of stupidity and laziness talked very little about it but on the whole was perhaps better contented to be out of the range of polly's sharp voice and long arms it was something of a consideration in abijah's shrewd view of things that cripps owned a nigger the first point to which the aspiration of the poor white of the south generally tends polly whose love of power was a predominant element in her nature resolutely declared in advance she'd make him shin round or she'd know the reason why as to the children she regarded them as the encumbrances of the estate to be got over with in the best way possible for as she graphically remarked every durn young un had to look out when she was bout the bride had been endowed with a marriage portion by her father of half a barrel of whiskey and it was announced that cripps was tired of trading round the country and meant to set up trading at home in short the little cabin became a low grog shop a resort of the most miserable and vicious portion of the community the violent temper of polly soon drove cripps upon his travels again and his children were left unprotected to the fury of their stepmother's temper every vestige of whatever was decent about the house and garden was soon swept away for the customers of the shop in a grand sunday drinking bout amused themselves with tearing down even the prairie rose and climbing vine that once gave a sylvan charm to the rude dwelling polly's course in the absence of her husband was one of the gross unblushing licentiousness and the ears and eyes of the children were shocked with language and scenes too bad for repetition old tiff was almost heartbroken he could have borne the beatings and starvings which came on himself but the abuse which came on the children he could not bear one night when the drunken orgy was raging within the house tiff gathered courage from despair miss fanny he said just go in de garret and make a bundle o sich tings as dere is and throw em out o de winder i's been a prayin night and day and de lord says he'll open some way or other for us i'll keep teddy out here under de trees while you just bundles up what pool clothes is left and throws em out o de winder silently as a ray of moonlight the fair delicate-looking child glided through the room where her stepmother and two or three drunken men were reveling in a loathsome debauch aloa sis cried one of the men after her where are you going to stop here and give me a kiss the unutterable look of mingled pride and fear and angry distress which the child cast as quick as thought 
she turned from them and ran up the ladder into the loft occasioned roars of laughter i say bill why didn't you catch her said one oh no matter for that said another she'll come of her own accord one of these days fanny's heart beat like a frightened bird as she made up her little bundle then throwing it to tiff who was below in the dark she called out in a low earnest whisper tiff put up that board and i'll climb down on it i won't go back among those dreadful men carefully and noiselessly as possible tiff lifted a long rough slab and placed it against the side of the house carefully fanny set her feet on the top of it and spreading her arms came down like a little puff of vapor into the arms of her faithful attendant bless de lord here we is all right said tiff oh tiff i'm so glad said teddy holding fast to the skirt of tiff's apron and jumping for joy yes said tiff all right now de angel of de lord'll go with us into de wilderness there's plenty of angels there ain't there said teddy victoriously as he lifted the little bundle with undoubting faith laws yes said tiff i don't know why there shouldn't be in our days any rate de lord peered to me in a dream and says he tiff rise and take de chillin and go in de land of egypt and be dere till de time i tell thee dem is de berry words and twas tween de cockcrow and daylight dey come to me when i'd been lyin dar prayin like a hailstorm all night not givin de lord no rest says i to him says i lord i don't know nothin what to do and now if you was poor as i be and i was great king like you i'd help you and now lord says i you must help us cause we ain't got no place else to go cause you know miss nana she's dead and mr john gordon too and dis your woman will ruin dese your chillin if you don't help us and now i hope you won't be angry but i has to be very bold cause things have got so dat we can't bar em no longer den yer see i dropped sleep and i hadn't no more and got to sleep just after cockrow when de voice come and is this the land of egypt said teddy that we're going to i spec so said tiff don't you know de story miss nana read to you once how de angel of de lord peered to hagar in de wilderness when she was sitting down under de bush den there was another one come to Elijah when he was under de juniper tree when he was wandering up and down and got hungry and woke up and there sure enough was a corn cake bacon for him on de coals don't you mind miss nana was reading dat our dare very last sunday she came to our place bress de lord for sending her to us i's got heaps o good through dem readin's do you think we really shall see any said fanny with a little shade of apprehension in her voice i don't know as i shall know how to speak to them oh angels is pleasant spoken well-meanin folks allers said tiff and don't take no fence at us of course dey knows we ain't fetched up in der ways and dey don't spect it of us it's my opinion said tiff dat when folks is honest 
and does the very best they can. They don't need to be afraid to speak to angels, nor nobody else, cause, you see, we speaks to de Lord hisself when we prays, and, bless the Lord, he don't take it ill of us, no ways. And now it's born and strong on my mind that de Lord is going to lead us through the wilderness and bring us to good luck. Now, you see, I's going to follow de star, like de wise men did. While they were talking, they were making their way through dense woods in the direction of the swamp, every moment taking them deeper and deeper into the tangled brush and underwood. The children were accustomed to wander for hours through the wood, and, animated by the idea of having escaped their persecutors, followed Tiff with alacrity as he went before them, clearing away the brambles and vines with his long arms, every once in a while wading with them across a bit of morass, or climbing his way through the branches of some uprooted tree. It was after ten o'clock at night when they started. It was now after midnight. Tiff had held on his course in the direction of the swamp, where he knew many fugitives were concealed, and he was not without hopes of coming upon some camp or settlement of them. About one o'clock they emerged from the more tangled brushwood and stood on a slight little clearing where a grapevine depending in natural festoons from a sweet gum tree made a kind of arbor the moon was shining very full and calm and the little breeze fluttered the grape leaves casting the shadow of some on the transparent greenness of others the dew had fallen so heavily in that moist region that every once in a while as a slight wind agitated the leaves it might be heard pattering from one to another like raindrops teddy had long been complaining bitterly of fatigue tiff now sat down under this arbor and took him fondly into his arms sit down miss fanny and is tiff's brave little man got tired well he shall go to sleep dat he shall we's got out a good bit now i reckon dey won't find us we's out here wid de good lord's works and dey won't none on em tell on us so now hush my poor little man shut up your eyes and tiff quavered the immortal cradle hymn hush my dear lie still and slumber holy angels guard thy bed heavenly blessings without number gently falling on thy head in a few moments teddy was sound asleep and tiff wrapping him in his white great coat laid him down at the root of a tree rest de lord dear ain't no whisky here he said nor no drunken critters to wake him up and now miss fanny poor child your eyes is a-falling here's dis here old shawl i put up in de pocket of my coat wrap it round you whilst i scrape up a heap of dem pine leaves yonder dem is reckoned mighty good for sleepin on cause dey is so healthy kinder dar you see i's got a desperate big heap of em i'm tired but i'm not sleepy said fanny but tiff what are you going to do do said tiff laughing with somewhat of his old joyous laugh ho 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 i's going to sit up for to meditate a sitter in on de fowls of de air and de lilies in de field and all dem dar miss nana used to read bout for many weeks fanny's bedchamber had been the hot dusty loft of the cabin and the heated roof just above her head and the noise of bacchanalian revels below 
now she lay sunk down among the soft and fragrant pine foliage and looked up watching the checkered roof of vine leaves above her head listening to the still patter of falling dewdrops and the tremulous whirr and flutter of leaves sometimes the soft night wind swayed the tops of the pines with a long swell of dashing murmurs like the breaking of a tide on a distant beach the moonlight as it came sliding down through the checkered leafy roof threw fragments and gleams of light which moved capriciously here and there over the ground revealing now a great silvery fern leaf and then a tuft of white flowers gilding spots on the branches and trunks of the trees while every moment the deeper shadows were lighted up by the gleaming of fireflies the child would raise her head a while and look on the still scene around and then sink on her fragrant pillow in dreamy delight everything was so still so calm so pure no wonder she was prepared to believe that the angels of the lord were to be found in the wilderness they who have walked in closest communion with nature have ever found that they have not departed thence the wilderness and solitary places are still glad for them and their presence makes the desert to rejoice and blossom as the rose when fanny and teddy were both asleep old tiff knelt down and addressed himself to his prayers and though he had neither prayer-book nor cushion nor formula his words went right to the mark in the best english he could command for any occasion and so near as we could collect from the sound of his words tiff's prayer ran as follows oh good lord now please do look down on these your chillin i started em out as you tell me and now where is we to go and where is we to get any breakfast i sure i don't know but oh good lord you's got everything in de world in your hands and it's mighty easy for you to be helpin on us and i has faith to believe dat you will oh bress lord jesus dat was carried off into egypt for fear of de king herod do pray look down on dese your poor tillin for i sure dat art woman is as bad as herod any day good lord you seen how she's been treatin on em and now do pray open a way for us through de wilderness to de promised land everlasting amen the last two words tiff always added to his prayers from a sort of sense of propriety feeling as if they rounded off the prayer and made it as it would have phrased it more like a white prayer we have only to say to those who question concerning this manner of prayer that if they will examine the supplications of patriarchs of ancient times they will find that with the exception of the broken english and bad grammar they were in substance very much like this of tiff the bible divides men into two classes those who trust in themselves and those who trust in god the one class walk by their own light trust in their own strength fight their own battles and have no confidence otherwise the other not neglecting to use the wisdom and strength which god has given them still trust in his wisdom and his strength to carry out the weakness of theirs the one class go through life as orphans the other have a father tiff's prayer had at least this recommendation that he felt perfectly sure that something was to come of it had he not told the lord all about it certainly he had and of course he would be helped and this confidence tiff took 
as Jacob did a stone for his pillow, as he lay down between his children and slept soundly. How innocent, soft, and kind are all God's works. From the silent shadows of the forest, the tender and loving presence which our sin exiled from the haunts of men hath not departed. Sweet fall the moonbeams through the dewy leaves. Peaceful is the breeze that waves the branches of the pines. Merciful and tender the little wind that shakes the small flowers and tremulous wood grasses fluttering over the heads of the motherless children. O thou who bearest in thee a heart hot and weary, sick and faint with the vain tumults and confusions of the haunts of men, go to the wilderness, and thou shalt find him there who saith, As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you. I will be as the dew to Israel. He shall grow as a lily, and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. Well, they slept there quietly all night long between three and four o'clock an oriole who had his habitation in the vine above their heads began a gentle twittering conversation with some of his neighbors not a loud song i would give you to understand but a little low inquiry as to what o'clock it was and then if you had been in a still room at that time you might have heard through all the trees of pine beech holly sweet gum and larch a little tremulous stir and flutter of birds awaking and stretching their wings little eyes were opening in a thousand climbing vines where soft feathery habitants had hung swinging breezily all night low twitterings and chirpings were heard then a loud clear echoing chorus of harmony answering from tree to tree jubilant and joyous as if there never had been a morning before the morning star had not yet gone down nor were the purple curtains of the east undrawn and the moon which had been shining full at night stood still like a patient light-burning light in a quiet chamber it is not everybody that wakes to hear this first chorus of the birds they who sleep till sunrise have lost it and with it a thousand mysterious pleasures strange sweet communings which like morning dew begin to evaporate when the sun rises but though tiff and the children slept all night we were under no obligations to keep our eyes shut to the fact that between three and four o'clock there came crackling through the swamps the dark figure of one whose journeyings were more often by night than by day dread had been out on one of his nightly excursions carrying game which he disposed of for powder and shot at one of the low stores we have alluded to he came unexpectedly on the sleepers while making his way back his first movement on seeing them was that of surprise then stooping and examining the group more closely he appeared to recognize them dread had known old tiff before and had occasion to go to him more than once to beg supplies for fugitives in the swamps or to get some errand performed which he could not himself venture abroad to attend to like others of his race tiff on all such subjects was so habitually and unfathomably secret that the children who knew him most intimately had never received even a suggestion from him of the existence of any such person dread whose eyes sharpened by habitual caution 
never lost sight of any change in his vicinity had been observant of that which had taken place in old tiff's affairs when therefore he saw him sleeping as we have described he understood the whole matter at once he looked at the children as they lay nestled at the roots of the tree with something of a softened expression muttering to himself they embraced the rock for shelter he opened a pouch which he wore on his side and took from thence one or two corn dodgers and half a broiled rabbit which his wife had put up for hunting provision the day before and laying them down on the leaves hastened on to a place where he had intended to surprise some game in the morning the chorus of birds we have before described awakened old tiff accustomed to habits of early rising he sat up and began rubbing his eyes and stretching himself he had slept well for his habits of life had not been such as to make him at all fastidious with regard to his couch well he said to himself anyway that our woman won't get these ere children this er day and he gave one of his old hearty laughs to think how nicely he had outfitted her laws he said to himself don't i hear her now tiff 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 she says holla away oh mist tiff don't hear her no nor de chillin either poor blessed lambs here in turning to the children his eye fell on the provisions at first he stood petrified with his hands lifted in astonishment had the angel been there sure enough he thought well now breast de lord sure enough here's the berry breakfast i's been askin for last night well i knowed de lord would do something for us but i really didn't know as twould come so quick maybe ravens brought it as they did to lijah bread and flesh in de mornin and bread and flesh at night well dis yours couragin tis so i won't wake up de poor little lambs let em sleep they'll be mighty tickled when day comes for to see de breakfast and den out here it's so sweet and clean none your nasty back a spittin's of folks dat doesn't know how to be decent bress me i's rather tired myself i specs i'd better camp down again till de chillin wakes dat ar critters kept me gwine till i's got pretty stiff wid her contrary ways specs she'll be as troubled as king herod was and all ruslam wid her and tiff rolled and laughed quietly in the security of his heart i say tiff where are we said a little voice at his side where is we puppet said tiff turning over why bress your sweet eyes how does yer do dis mornin stretch away my man neighbor be fraid we's in de lord's diggins now all safe and the angel's got a breakfast ready for us too said tiff displaying the provision which he had arranged on some vine leaves oh uncle tiff did the angels bring that said teddy why didn't you wake me up i wanted to see them i never saw any angel in all my life nor i neither honey day comes mostly when we sleep but stay there's miss fanny a wakin up how's ye lamb is ye freshed oh uncle tiff i've slept so sound said fanny and i dreamed such a beautiful dream well then tell it right off 
for breakfast said tiff to make it come true well said fanny i dreamed i was in a desolate place where i couldn't get out all full of rocks and brambles and teddy was with me and while we were trying and trying our ma came to us she looked like our ma only a great deal more beautiful and she had a strange white dress on that shone and hung clear to her feet and she took hold of our hands and the rocks opened and we walked through a path into a beautiful green meadow full of lilies and wild strawberries and then she was gone well said teddy maybe twas she who brought some breakfast to us see here what we've got fanny looked surprised and pleased but after some consideration said i don't believe mamma brought that i don't believe they have corn cake and roast meat in heaven if it had been manna now it would have been more likely never mind war comes from said tiff it's right good and we breasted ord for it and they sat down accordingly and ate their breakfast with a good heart now said tiff somewhere round in dis yer swamp dere's a camp o de colored people but i don't know rightly whar tis if we could get dar we could stay dar a while till something or nother should turn up hark what's that dare twas the crack of a rifle reverberating through the dewy leafy stillness of the forest that dar aren't far off said tiff the children looked a little terrified don't you be afraid he said i wouldn't wonder but i knowed who dat ar was hark now tis somebody comin dis yer way a clear exultant voice sung through the leafy distance oh had i the wings of the morning i'd fly away to canaan's shore yes said tiff to himself dat ar's his voice now chillin he said dar's somebody comin and you mustn't be afraid on him cause i specs he'll get us to dad our camp i's tellin bout and tiff in a cracked and strained voice which contrasted oddly enough with the bell-like notes of the distant singer commenced singing part of an old song which might perhaps have been used as a signal hailing so stormily cold stormy weeder i want my true love all de day war shall i find him where shall i find him the distant singer stopped his song apparently to listen and while tiff kept on singing they could hear the crackling of approaching footsteps at last red emerged to view so you've fled to the wilderness he said yes yes said tiff with a kind of giggle we had to come to it dat our woman was so aggravating on de children of all de pison critters dat i knows on dese your mean white women is de pisonist dey ain't got no manners and no bringing up dey doesn't begin to know how tings ought to be done mong speckable people so we just tuck to de bush you might have taken to a worse place said dread the lord god giveth grace and glory to the trees of the wood and the time will come when the lord will make a covenant of peace and cause the evil beast to cease out of the land and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and shall sleep in the woods and the tree of the field shall yield her fruit and they shall be safe in the land when the lord hath broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hands of those that serve themselves of them and you tink dem good times coming 
Sure enough, said Tiff. The Lord hath said it, said the other. But first the day of vengeance must come. I don't want no sitch, said Tiff. I want to live peaceable. Dread looked upon Tiff with an air of acquiescent pity, which had in it a slight shade of contempt, and said, as if in soliloquy, Issachar is a strong ass, couching down between two burdens, and he saw that rest was good, and the land that it was pleasant, and bowed his shoulder to bear, and became a servant unto tribute. As to rest, said Tiff, de lord knows i ain't had much of that are if i be an ass if i had a good strong pack saddle i'd like to trot these yer chillin out in some good cleared place well said dread you have served him that was ready to perish and not betrayed him who wondered therefore the lord will open for you a fenced city in the wilderness jest so said tiff dat ar camp yorn is jist what i's arter i's willing to lend a hand to most any ting dat's good well said dread the children are too tender to walk where we must go we must bear them as an eagle beareth her young come my little man and as dread spoke he stooped down and stretched out his hands to teddy his severe and gloomy countenance relaxed into a smile and to tiff's surprise the child went immediately to him and allowed him to lift him in his arms now i thought he'd been scared o you said tiff not he i never saw a child or dog that i couldn't make come to me hold fast now my little man he said seating the boy on his shoulder trees have long arms don't let them rake you off now tiff he said you take the girl and come after and when we come into the thick of the swamp mind you step right in my tracks mind you don't set your foot on a tussock if i haven't set mine there before you because the moccasins lie on the tussocks and thus saying dread and his companion began making their way towards the fugitive camp End of chapter forty the flight into egypt